History with Jackson podcast. Hello and welcome to the History with Jackson podcast and welcome to the Catherine of Aragon Festival special series in partnership with Peterborough Cathedral and Peterborough Museum. Now this special series is looking and covering the Catherine of Aragon Festival. We will be speaking to some of the historians who are giving Tudor-focused talks and tours around Peterborough and Peterborough Cathedral. We'll also be speaking to some of the amazing living historians who are reenacting parts of Catherine's life. This festival commemorates Catherine's amazing life from the 25th to the 29th of January 2024. And if you hear any part of this festival coverage, do try and get down to Peterborough Cathedral to experience some of the events that we are covering. All the information for the events will be in the description below. And without further ado, let's get into this episode of the Catherine of Aragon Festival Special Series. So hello and welcome back to the History with Jackson podcast. Today we're joined by Tim Alvin Jones, Vice Dean of Peterborough Cathedral. How are you doing? Hello, Jackson. Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. It's okay. So today you're, you're running an event called Sonnet Lumiere. Can you just let us know what that is? Well, it's basically a guided tour of the cathedral with sound effects. Um, it's going to be done by candlelight, so of course that'll be a very atmospheric just before we start. And it's going to be telling the history of this building over the last 900 years. So starting with the Great Fire in 1116, and I believe we even have sound effects of a fire <laughs> and a building falling down. Um, and then going through the various sort of key stages that happened in the building. So the burial of Catherine of Aragon, the burial of Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, the, the, the near collapse of the tower, um, Cromwell's troops and, and the damage that they did. And I shall be using as my script various historical and contemporary resources uh, from, from the time. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm really looking forward to being within the cathedral, learning about the history of this building. And that, that key phrase there, this building, can you just tell us a little bit more about, about that? This isn't the first building, historic religious building, to be on this site. Not at all. This is the third building on the site. The first was built in 654 or 655 by uh, King Peter, who gave the land, and the first abbot built a, a relatively simple Benedictine monastery with a great cathedral church, abbey church in the middle. Uh, that was destroyed in 870 by the Vikings, who came and laid waste not only to Peterborough Abbey, but to Crowland Abbey and various other places as well. For about a hundred years, there was nothing on the site. And then in 972, King Ethelwold, Saint Ethelwold, uh, was, had a vision to re-found the Church of St. Peter. He thought he'd found the right spot when he, landed, when he uh, landed at Aundel. <laughs> but in fact, they said, no, go a bit further north. And so he came to this Church of St. Peter, and refounded another, the second abbey, in 972. That stood until 1116. That great abbey was destroyed by a huge catastrophic fire in 1116, and this one started work two years later, in 1118. Well, I'm, I'm fairly grateful that they, they in Aundel told them to come further up north. Very much yeah. so. It's part of the, 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 uh, the 10th century monastic revival that took place across the country. St Dunstan was one of the people in charge of that, but also St Ethelwald. So there were a number of religious houses around here that were refounded about that time. And those religious sites across this area, how important was religion and their influence on the, uh, on the surrounding areas, such as Peterborough, uh, Crowland, Ely and, and I? 
and Ramsey. Don't forget Ramsey oh, and all the other ones around there, yes. Um, I think it's hard for us today to imagine quite what an influence religion played in people's lives back then. Uh, it's, it's a completely different world, different mindset, uh, utterly, utterly alien to us today. Religion dominated everything that they did, from the cradle to the grave and everything in between, in a way that we find perhaps somewhat strange today. I, I can certainly see the influence upon parts of Peterborough and some of the episodes that we've done today we have touched on them but you also mentioned a couple of events within some of your answers about the, the English Civil War and the move into modernity how did this building survive and adapt to those changes? Well these great buildings have always adapted and so if the, the monks from 1118 were to come back now they would be shocked to see all the other buildings <laughs> that weren't there in their time. So the buildings are always changing. Until the Civil War we had a lady chapel, not unlike Ely Cathedral, just up there on the north side. Until the Civil War we had the cloisters, the inside walls where the cloisters were still intact. Um, and they were demolished after the Civil War to pay for the repairs needed to the rest of the building. To us, that seems absolutely scandalous that you'd knock down these perfectly functioning buildings, but they were redundant buildings for them in those days, uh, and they didn't need them, so they knocked them down. Today, we're busy building new buildings, so we have the Visitor and Learning Centre with modern loos, uh, which, which are obviously a necessary thing these days. Um, and they're always adapting. These great, great buildings have never stood still. So, Tim, with the church changing and modern trends with young people adapting to different interests how does the cathedral and the church try and encourage young people to come to the cathedral and get involved with church life we have a great variety of things going on for children we have a, a fantastic schools department that has uh, we have about five or six thousand children come as part of school trips during the course of each year um, and we can do trips tailored to the national curriculum or specific um, one-off tours and, and, and visits depending on what particular uh, subject or aspect of the cathedral or abbey life the school wants to investigate. So we have a schools programme. Uh, we have a great historic link with the King's School in Peterborough. It was founded by the same Act of Parliament that made Peterborough Abbey a cathedral and turned Peterborough Town into a city, 1541. King Henry VIII did all those three things in one Act of Parliament. And our choir uh, has a firm and real uh, link with, the, with the, the, the cathedral now. Uh, all our children for the choir, you can hear them singing in the background. <laughs> or they come and sing in, uh, from the King's School and they sing in the, in the cathedral choir. Uh, and the King's School come for assemblies uh, regularly, uh, start and beginning of each term. So we have lots of links with them. But most importantly of all, we do all sorts of exciting exhibitions in the summer, which we hope bring all ages, not just children, but children, parents, grandparents, whole families to come and see our various exhibitions. I can't tell you no. <laughs> what this summer's exhibition is going to be, but it's going to be great. A couple of years ago, we had the dinosaurs, and that was fantastic. Children of all ages coming and wanting to be in the building. That's a brilliant answer, and it's great to hear that the cathedral's working to get children involved and, and bring children into the cathedral. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, children are not the church of the future. The children are the church of today, if they're in the building. So we want to have an intergenerational approach. So it's for children, for young adults like <laughs> you, for old adults like me, and for people who are even older. We want, we want everybody to, become, uh, to come to the building and feel welcome when they do. Well, thank you very much for that, that short whistle-top store through whistle-stop tour, can't get my words out, of the cathedral and its history. And 
we've only got a couple of hours until Sonnet Lumiere, but if people want to come to Sonnet Lumiere, because we're going to be releasing this as quickly as possible, how can they come? The Sonnet Lumiere is f- sold out, I'm afraid. We have to set a maximum number of places in order for it to be a meaningful ex- experience. So we're, we're sold out. We are going to be doing another Sonnet Lumiere, perhaps in February, um, we have to try and make sure we get, yeah. get it right with all the other things going on in the Cathedral Diary. Um, but we've been really pleasantly surprised the number of people who wanted to come and do this particular special tour. Uh, so tonight is a bit of a guinea pig, if you like. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Uh, and then from then on, we'll be posting and doing them perhaps a little more regularly. Oh, that's fantastic, because I've been particularly excited for this. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you.